0: Welcome back to the Purple Squirrel Podcast. We just spoke with Ted Guggenheim, the co-founder and CEO of Textus. He shared some of the most defining moments in the evolution of Textus, as well as how they broke into the staffing industry. We hope you enjoy it. You're listening to the
1: Purple Squirrel Podcast, where you'll learn how to make the unattainable attainable through the insights of staffing technology experts. We're your hosts, Sarah Haberman and Hannah Ted. We're very excited to have you joining us today on the Purple Squirrel Podcast. It's our very first episode, actually, so this is a this is really exciting. Yeah, <laughs> the inaugural
0: podcast.
2: Excellent. How did you guys get the name?
1: So a Purple Squirrel is, in staffing and recruiting, is an unattainable candidate, sort of oh. the, the candidate that you will never submit or... It's like a unicorn, right? Or place. It's like a unicorn. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or place. Exactly. They're just the perfect combination of everything. So we want to help listeners of the podcast to make the unattainable, all things unattainable unattainable with staffing attainable through the insights of our guests like you. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about um, Us and how you ended up founding and starting Us and then I guess just breaking into staffing tech in general?
2: Yeah, sure. So um, my uh, co-founders and I started Texas back in 2013, and um, Andrew Kimmel, who's one of my co-founders, and I had run a, a, an app development shop uh, for about five years previous to that called Rage Digital. We started it in 2008 when you know, the app store really opened up, and we quickly became experts in developing uh, uh, Apple or iOS applications um, for companies, and, and we focus on apps that would solve problems for, for large corporations. So over the course of the five years that we ran Rage Digital, we, um, did apps for companies like Mazda and Pepsi and IBM red Robin, um, amongst many others. And, um, it was really, you know, a, a great time to, to be able to learn how to use software development and also very you know, fast paced software development, which, uh, mobile apps tend to be relative to, um, to web-based software um, mm-hmm. because uh, you can iterate very quickly and um, you could build things that could solve problems um, for those customers. So we kind of became experts at, at problem solving uh, uh, problems that we saw uh, these businesses uh, were, were coming to us with. And, and it, it was a very creative and, and fast paced venture. Um, but being a consult- consulting company, which is you know what you are when you're developing applications, um, you know, it, you tend to be uh, only as good as your last customer. And I knew from my experience in the music business, which I had done for 15 years previous to going into software, that a recurring revenue model, in, in the case of music where you have your record royalties and mechanicals and, and, and so forth, um, uh, it, it was a, a better way to, to make money because you're making money while you sleep when, when you're in that sort of recurring revenue type of, of, of situation. Yep. So we just decided to migrate from becoming a, um, a consulting company, an app dev shop in, into a product company. We just didn't know what the product was going to be until we, until we built it. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that we looked at when we were trying to consider uh, solve, trying to solve a business problem and maybe and trying to start with something that we had already imagined or created was a, uh, a web-based application that was the very first version of Text Us. Uh, we were actually called Texas.biz originally, originally because Texas.com was taken, and um, we had built and now an I app. Have it. <laughs> and now we have it. Um, exactly. And so we um, we built this application um, to allow you to communicate from your web browser uh, with one of our apps, uh, sort of like a concierge type service. And uh, it, it was cool, but the people who were Supposed to use it, never really downloaded the app to to use the, the 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 communication or concierge piece of it. So we kind of felt like this great idea had gone, uh, you know, un, un, untested and unutilized. And when we thought about what the problem was with with you know the adoption of of, of the com, of the concept between um, a computer to device uh, uh, conversation was that the person had to download the app to have it. And so after years of telling people, you have to have an app, you have to have an app. Now we were saying, well, the app download is, is sort of the hurdle. So how can we bypass mm-hmm. that hurdle and make it much more efficient for the person, the business to communicate from their web browser, their, their web application that we've built to people's devices um, more efficiently? And we recognize that everybody already had a texting application on their phone. And uh, why shouldn't we just send those messages back and forth between the web browser and the, the person's handset and, and or the device. Right. Yeah, so we, um, that was around, around the time that Twilio came out. And Twilio allowed us to um, get, a, get a very quick, uh, a fast go-to-market um, product up and r- running, or at least, at least a proof of concept, um, that we could send messages from your computer software to a uh, person's device in real time is and, Twilio,
1: excuse me, is Twilio just sort of like a Twilio is like a connector, right?
2: Twilio is is a it's an API based messaging platform um, and and also a voice platform. So what they did was they made it very easy for companies or for developers to um, to be able to send messages from an application, a web application, through their system through their API, to the carriers, um, whether it was a voice call or whether it, whether it was SMS. And and so we saw that it could work, but we didn't love the idea that you had to have a separate phone number from from, from Twilio, a ten-digit phone number, to allow the, the, the messaging part to work. That seemed like a um, like a disconnect. So you know, for for the business to say, here's our phone number and here's our text number. So hmm. we went about uh, about the the process of trying to figure out how the SMS you know, the whole ecosystem works in terms of other technology be behind it. And we eventually figured out how to be able to text enable uh, the company's existing 10-digit phone number Um, because we thought it was much cooler to say to the business, um, hey, and now it's the same phone number you've been putting into your advertising or on your website or on the door of your business or in your email and say, call or text me. It's the same number, even though it's not a cell phone.
1: Yeah, that's huge. Mm. That is, Yeah.
2: And so that was really the, the premise. Was like, oh, wow, we can text-enable landlines, um, and we thought that was going to be the key driver. But we really believed, you know, for the first two years, that our, our solution that we had developed was going was to be for small businesses. It was going to be for, um, you know, uh, salons and spas and gyms and car dealerships to be able to communicate uh, via SMS with their customers. And we spent a lot of time trying to, you know, convince small businesses to to, to use this 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 product um, because, you know, we, we believe it solved a real problem for them. And for those, you know, uh, dozens or a few hundred customers that, uh, that signed up initially, they loved it. They thought it was a, a great product. But for the price point of what we were selling it, whether it was $49 or $99 a month, um, the acquisition cost to bring on a small business customer didn't scale.
1: Was and that like so, a per user? Was that a per user cost, per, or was it per, just
2: per phone per... number? So every time got we, we, it, we, we, got we it. Would say, you know, we'll text and enable your number, and it costs this amount per, per month. And now you can message from your from your uh, from your computer.
0: What was the reasoning that you had for targeting small businesses? Was it just a matter of you hadn't dreamed so big yet?
2: Yeah, it was a little bit of a lack of a lack of, um, a lack of uh, imagination because uh-huh. <laughs> we, you know the concept that we, we talked about and had you know had spoken to in our research with, with, with the users and, and businesses was like, why do I have to call my salon to make a haircut appointment? Why can't I just text them and say, you know, mm-hmm. is, you know, Cindy available at Thursday at three 30 um, instead of calling them, going to voicemail, then picking it up, calling me back, going to my voicemail, etc. And so it does, it still does solve a real problem for, for small businesses. But um, for the amount of demand, that was out there at the time uh, from the small business market um, and, and the acquisition cost to bring on uh, a new business, it just didn't, it wasn't a viable uh, model. So and you didn't so, even
0: envision at all that this would be used in the staffing industry when no, you set out?
2: No, wow. we, we had no idea. And that's kind of the, the funny part of the story. When you talk about software startups and, and, and companies and, and their journey, um, you know, we're kind of a, of a, of a classic uh, story in the sense that, you know, we developed, we pivoted, we developed, we, you know, we adjusted, and mm-hmm. um, you're, you're trying to find your product market fit. You're, you know, we you develop the software, you're trying to figure out, you know, where is the addressable market and how well does your, does your product solve that problem? And we knew, small businesses, from, from our experience with them, that we could solve the problem that their communication was not efficient. Mm-hmm. But again, the acquisition cost, you know, you know didn't scale. And so what ended up happening right about the time we were running out of money, uh, for the, like the third time, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is
2: back in uh, 2014, uh, we had a bunch of, uh, of, indep- of inside salespeople from mind, body online. If you guys go to in the gym, yeah. you probably have seen mind body. They, um, they That's started the signing up for text to text us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a gym software. Uses, yeah. You know, everyone uses it. It's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a huge company. Um, but at the time, they had about two hundred inside salespeople who were trying to, to reach the customers who had signed up to their lead forms and their website and um, and in uh, marketing to, uh, to to try to get those those, those businesses to, to do a demo. And because they're small business owners, you know, much like candidates, uh, yeah. they're very hard to reach. They're on the go. They don't pick up phone calls. And so they knew from experience that if they would text those leads from their phone, they would get a response. But they knew that it didn't scale to try and text hundreds of leads from your phone. You have to get the contact information into the phone. You got to know who, who the person was. You have to, right. you know, it, it, just, it just doesn't make sense on a larger scale. So, um, I went back to the to Mind Body Corporate and I said, "Look, this is obviously working for for your people, and they're paying out of pocket to you know, to use text us because they, they put they were they were putting their credit cards into our our then small business system. You know, do, do it yourself kind of." Pay it yourself model, and um, I said, let's that's, do a deal. That's
1: faith, though. That's very pure faith.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. I yeah, mean, if you're, willing, yeah, if you're a salesperson, you're willing to put your own money down to, to uh-huh. get a product. You know, that's it's a proof of concept there. Yep, yeah, right. Willingness to Absolutely. pay. They say. <laughs> so that's what that's uh that's when I got my first enterprise deal, and um, we, we ended up signing uh, up two hundred inside salespeople, and. It doubled our re- revenue, which was very small at the time, yeah. uh, overnight, and that was the aha moment where I'm like, okay, we are an inside sales sales acceleration tool or a sales enablement tool, and mm-hmm. I asked them, you know, how can we make this better? And they said, well, we, we 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 use Salesforce, so if you could build a Salesforce app so that we can, you know, track all of these act- all of these activities in our CRM, that would be great. So we built our Salesforce app and became a mm-hmm. an ISV partner with Salesforce, and I thought, okay. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go after inside sales teams, uh, mostly Salesforce users, and that's what Texas will become. Wow. But there so, was a little hitch along the way, oh. uh, a good hitch, and <laughs> this gets to your question, uh, which is the first sales guy that I hired, full-time salesperson, was Eric Huganin, who is now our, our chief revenue officer. Mm-hmm. And I know is that host, name. Everybody at, 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 at Bullhorn knows, knows Eric. He's mm-hmm, phenomenal. Yeah. He's uh, one, of, one of the biggest uh, bullhorn uh, advocates and and uh, dust and connectors out there um, for both of us. So I hired him just because I believed he would be a good salesperson. I liked his, his energy. He liked his style. He's a classy guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, former athlete and just a real, seemed very driven, mid- Midwestern. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, Eric, you know, we just signed up our first enterprise customer. They're using Salesforce. Let's go find more mind bodies. Let's go. Um, you know, become a, uh, a Salesforce you know app uh, for inside sales teams, and he's like, "That's great," but I came from Staffing, Eric said, and Perfect. I know mm-hmm. that the recruiters have the same problem that the inside salespeople do because recruiters are just totally. inside salespeople, but they're selling mm-hmm. jobs right. instead of software. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "If you say so." Never heard of staffing not anybody in the industry, but uh, go see what you can do. So he went out and he started to demo text us. This back in 2015, early. And he would show people, text us, and what it could do for their um, their response rates. And um, uh, he would go to staff agency after staff agency and go from demo to pilot to close to demo to pilot to close. And that was when we decided to, you know, put uh, pretty much a full... Force effort into becoming the best uh, staffing sales enablement tool available, and um, and that's where we where we entered the industry.
1: What were wow. some of the major roadblocks when you were first breaking into staffing, though? Like, were there? 2015. Not everyone had texting yet, or was quite comfortable mm. with it at, from a from a sales enablement perspective. So, what yeah. were some of the common mis- misconceptions or concerns at that point?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think that you know one of the concerns, well, th- well there's two parts of that. One, one of the concerns was that people thought that texting a candidate would be disruptive. That people would, would would think that they're getting into their their personal, you know, SMS world, and and that they would feel you know uh, like they were being, you know, um, intruded upon. Mm-hmm. And um, what they had didn't realize, and what we learned came to find out, was it was quite the opposite. It was the way that recruiters or sorry, candidates preferred to be communicated with because they found that the phone calls and the emails to be uh, intrusive and annoying. And that's mm-hmm. why the, the recruiters had so much success with texting um, you know, out of the box you know, in, in those pilots was because um, people loved it. They, they would respond right back. They were getting 30 and 40% response rates up from you know that's five awesome. or 8% of an email or a phone call. Do
0: you yep. find any of that to be generational? I know that's like the, the it, cliche thing to say about millennials, but is, do you find that to be true?
2: Um, that's cliche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, I'm 56 and, um, you know, I don't even call my wife. I text her um, and, uh-huh. and, and my kids are in high school and college. And uh, if I want to communicate with them, uh, I, I have to text them. Right. So, so while, yeah, it was much more generational in the sense that, Uh, young people got it right away, younger people, uh, the people who were my age or or older uh, knew from the same type of experiences in in terms of of trying to connect with their kids or even their grandkids Mm -hmm. that texting was the preferred method of communication, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, most of the time.
1: Yep. And it cuts right through the noise of, I mean, first it was a full voicemail inbox and a million cold calls a day. And then it was emails and and whatnot now you just you just cut straight to their phone you um, do. And, 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 and I and, think and, and, you build rapport faster too I think just like even meeting new coworkers, you you kind of build rapport more quickly over like a G chat or, or a texting interaction than you might in other ways mm-hmm.
2: no that, that's that, that's true yeah. and, and I think that um, that what we teach you know what we preach at text us is about you know keeping it real It's about how do you take um so to your your question earlier you know what were some of the hurdles when we we would go to asa or executive forum you know the first year uh people uh would look ask us what we did we explain it and they go oh so it's it's a it's it's a promotional product we we can can advertise or spam people and we're like no 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 this is conversational this is about how do you engage candidates how do you build relationships how do you communicate on, on your candidates terms not your terms because they're, they're at the end of the day they're they're, they're the boss right they're the ones that're yeah. that taking taking that position and so the first conference the first year was well, since 2015 we went to, went to ASA for instance or or SIA the the the, um, the questions were like so what do you do how does this work and we would explain to them that well we text enable your existing number we um, you know eventually we, we the next year we came back we could integrate with bullhorn uh, or, or your whatever ATS you're using um, um, but it's a way for you to get response rates that you just can't get from emails and phone calls anymore. And they'd go, "Huh, that's, that sounds kind of interesting." Um, well, you know, give us a give us give us a call, or you know, we'll we'll see you down the road. And the second year, we went 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 th- went to uh, to conferences in 2016. People would come to the booth, and we had tremendous traffic. It was it was just so much fun. It was a, one of the best times to. to to see, you know, how fast the company was growing and and how something was being adopted. The second year, they would come to the booth and they say, Okay, we've heard about texting, we think we need this. um, How do you get started? You know, is it complicated? How long does it take? What's the cost? So they got past that barrier of, you know, what is it to um, how do we make this work? And then the third year, uh, it was we love you guys. We told our friends about you. You, you got to call these, these guys. I mean, it mm-hmm. was it was like, you That's know, we awesome. were the, the the hot kid on the block, mm-hmm. and um, so that was really you know going from just one year of being completely uh, unheard of, second year being people familiar and comfortable with it, and third year being, you know, how do we how do we uh, you know jump on board and, and and get or get more 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 use out of it.
0: A pretty we're, quick evolution. Yeah, it's, it is. Can you tell us a little bit about starting out in the Bullhorn Developer Program and then moving on to becoming a Marketplace Partner?
2: Yeah. So um, we kind of cheated uh, that one. Um, <laughs> At we, least you're we, honest. Well, so I did a
1: lot of. So did <laughs> a lot of the very first developer partners. <laughs> yeah, we were.
2: We, yeah. Well, we learned from someone else, right? <laughs> um, and so we kind of figured out how to integrate um, as a, an outside partner. They, they kind of had the, the idea of the outside partner and the inside partner. And uh, so we were, were an outside partner for, you know, quite some time. And we were, to, to, um, we were you know, building our, our relationship and our customer base and and, and working on providing this, this, this great product and this great integration. And um, after a while, you know, because of, you know, Eric really being uh, at, at so many, uh, of the of the conferences and trade shows and building such a, a tremendous rapport with the the Bullhorn sales team, uh, you know both the field team, the enterprise team, even you know um, probably some SMB guys, but um, Eric really sort of epitomized um, the way that Bullhorn likes to see vendors you know develop a relationship over the long run um, mm-hmm. by really making it making it mutual from the get go. Yeah. So um, we, we we were an outside partner for quite some time and then. Um, eventually at one of the, uh, trade shows, I believe, um, uh, you know, Bullhorn came to us and said, well, uh, I forget who was the, the marketplace rep at the time. Um, I think it was, it was Brittany. Uh, anyway, uh, they, um, yeah. they said, Hey, how would you guys like to be an inside partner? Uh, and we said, great. You know, what's it take? They said, well, we have to make sure that your, your product works and that you, you know, meet our criteria and that you have to show that we have some shared customers. And they said, "How many customers do you guys have?" We said, "Well, we probably have about fifty or 60. And they're like, "Oh, well, <laughs> you're in. Forget, forget the uh, <laughs> easy. For, yeah, forget the uh, the validation process." And mm-hmm. so we um, became, you know, a marketplace partner. I've had great success uh, working with your team. You know, our sales team and and your sales team share a Slack channel. They're always going back and forth, sharing deals. You know, we're, we're giving your guys, you know, leads and ideas and feedback, vice versa. So it's really a, a, a two way street beyond just a, a software integration or a partnership. It's really more of a, of a, of a sales partnership and, mm-hmm. um, and, and a, a revenue uh, partnership uh, as well. And I think that we're actually one of the, of the uh, first people to be part of, of, of the new uh, revenue share modeling that, that, the, uh, that uh, Nina and those uh, folks have put in place.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you are. It sounds like you guys have had a lot of success. Moving into the staffing industry has been incredible and you guys have been a really great partner to us. But Mm. I actually am going to wildly derail this because at the very (laughs) beginning of our conversation, you said something about working in the music industry. And Hannah Hannah and I, of course, did our homework and took a look at your LinkedIn. And we saw that you were the assistant to the manager of Sting. Is this true? My boy. (laughs) You ready to get into this? (laughs)
2: <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, tell us a little bit about that. It's a very yes.
0: interesting place to start before staffing.
2: Well, it was a lot more interesting. I don't know if it was. Um, no, uh, staffing. The best, best use of my Staff- um, my first twenty years out of college. Uh-huh. Um, but it was a lot of fun, and and, and I started uh, in the in the industry when I was in college in Boulder back in uh, the early '80s, and um, as a promoter on campus, and we did a lot of big shows. We did stadium shows and. Um, you know, pretty much, you know, every band, um, uh, you know, from the early eighties, you can imagine came through Boulder at one point mm-hmm. and that's where I got, that was where I got a taste of the, of the industry. So when I left, um, CU back in, uh, 87, I went to New York and I, I was working for, uh, for the booking agency for Sting. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, was, I was thinking I would become a booking agent and I did that for a little while, but, um, I didn't love it. Um, uh, it was a little bit more, um, you know, as a junior a junior agent, you were trying to sell bands and, and place bands in in new markets and smaller venues that were harder to book, and 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 you had the I didn't really have any leverage of have, having any, any larger artists to to kind of um, you know swap out for for to convince them to, to take a smaller band. So I was I was about to leave the industry, and then um, you know I had been a huge Police fan, uh, you know when I was in. Uh, uh, you know, college and high school. Mm -hmm. And um, I always loved staying on on a solo career as well. And one day his manager came into the office and I was literally getting ready to look for a new job and I bumped into him and I said, hey, um, I hear that you're opening an office upstairs in the building, do you need any help? And he said, well, what can you do? I I said, well, I mean, this is back when like Macintosh had nine inch monitors, you know, and Mm -hmm. nobody knew how to use them, they're floppy disks. But you know, you could do Excel, you could do things that you couldn't do before then. I so said I can do computers, phone systems. I can bike messenger. You know whatever you whatever you need. And mm-hmm. He said, "How much?" I said, 200 bucks a week." And he said, "You're hired." There you go. So there you go. So I went on. That's uh, awesome. Went on for four years working for for Sting and and Kim Turner, his manager, and traveled the world over two album cycles. Um, you know, ran his his, uh, his video um, screen and and, and camera and 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 team that would do the video for his tours. But it was just a great you know, opportunity to see the world and, and work next to one of my favorite artists of all time who you know, still is, a, is, is, a, is a, uh, a good enough guy to make time to, 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 to talk to me when um, he comes incredible. to town.
1: That's really great.
2: There's this remarkable sort of analog between um, developing a new artist or a band and, and, and a startup. So when I ended up tra- transitioning Definitely. From, from music into technology, um, it was, uh, by the time I, I got in, in, in the position to start Rage Digital and, and co-found Rage Digital and then text us, um, it was actually very natural because, mm-hmm. yep. like, the music business, you've got... First of all, if you start with the artist, take, take four, you know, guys in a band who are in their late teens or early 20s and four guys who are in a startup who are engineers and do a photo shoot of each of them, take the logos off their shirts, and you can't tell which one are the, are the engineers and which ones are the band members, right? Uh-huh. One of them yeah, sat yeah. in his closet and played guitar, <laughs> and you know, with no friends. The other guy sat in his room and played wrote Code. Um, but, um, but you know, and that's why they call great engineers rock stars, you know. Mm-hmm. There's yep. a lot of similarity. But then, you know, the manager of the band, you know, is, is the CEO. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. the exact same role, just a different title. Yep. Um, right. So the CEO, you know, the, the, the band members, the engineers, the, you know, the artists, the creative people... The, the Imaginers, uh, the manager, the CEO, um, the VCS are the record labels. you know, they come <laughs> with the, in with the money. They tend to do these onerous deals and and throw ten against the wall and hope that one sticks and um, and then uh, you know uh, you, you see where it goes. I'm um, also
1: envisioning like the parallel between and obviously hindsight is twenty twenty but the parallel between sort of your first job as an agent and trying to find venues for. <laughs> Musicians kind of matches up pretty pretty well uh, with recruiters trying to find people jobs. It, you could it is have, you could could have used text us if there was
2: yeah well no it, there
1: weren't uh, there wasn't texting but <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> no, it's true and, and and you know the other analogy is is that you know what what, what I learned in developing bands is that the fans you know, even though the the, the rock stars or the band members the one that could, could get all the all the fame and all the you know and the money and, and the you know favors. It's the fans that make it so. And so what I learned early yeah. on was that, you know, the the band wasn't the boss. I wasn't the boss. The fans were bosses. Without the fans, mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're nothing. And the same thing's true in, in staffing. The candidates are really the boss, right?
0: Mm-hmm. It's not the
2: staffing agency. It's not the ATS. It's not text us. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's, it's the candidates. And if you don't treat the candidates like they're the boss, like they're the ones that are creating the opportunity for you to get them a job and get them placed, then you're missing the point. And that's how... Yeah. Where texting comes into play, which is to try and keep that conversation, that engagement, keeping it keeping it real, keeping it non-promotional, keeping it fun, and, and and talking to them on their own terms, like like they're real people.
0: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny. I would have thought those were kind of incongruous things, the entertainment industry and staffing technology. But, but you're making a good not. case for it. <laughs> yeah, I've lived so, it. So, yeah. Ted, we like to we we like to close out every episode, or we're going to
1: start closing out every episode with. A little question that goes along the lines of hire befriend or fire so we're going to give you three names and you have to tell us which one you would hire which one you would befriend and which one you would fire in a hypothetical company employee scenario so your three are the police peter gabriel and duran duran
2: i would say uh, hire the police, uh, befriend Peter Gabriel, and uh, fire Duran Duran. Although I do like Hungry Like the Wolf, so I'll admit it.
0: Who doesn't? <laughs> I like Notorious.
1: <laughs> cool. Well, this are has are been great. Okay yeah, oh, yeah, kidding.
2: yeah. I'm I'm
0: comfortable with those choices. <laughs> totally comfortable with it. I too would befriend Peter yeah. Gabriel.
2: And you guys, this has you, been
1: fantastic, Ted. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: You, you guys should go look at the. Um, at the Saturday Night Live skits where they do the two girls who were um, doing NPR, because <laughs> that's what you guys look like.
0: <laughs> I forgot you can see it. us. I don't have the uh, video up. That's with,
1: um, it's with Molly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, that's. It, they're so funny. I love funny. that. It's awesome. They're incredible. Yeah, you can't
2: we'll help it. I mean, that, that's just yeah, kind of yeah. what it feels like.
0: It's hard I'm, trying to we, talk with my mic, but I want to look, look at too. you every time, every that's, time that's you're talking. And that's, and that's what they're doing. Do that's thing. what do. It's exactly it. Go watch the skits. We will, we will. We will.
1: Thank you for listening to the Purple Squirrel Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we hope that you subscribe on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. And if you're interested in learning more about Texas and all that they do um, and can do for your staffing firm, you can check them out on the Bullhorn Marketplace page. Um, that is at bullhorn.com slash marketplace. And just go right in and search Texas. Wow. Yeah.